0: Uh, look who made it back two weeks in a row
1: yep yep you know i'm trying to trying to be a better person trying to be a better man stick to my commitments you know, it's it's tough out here. 2019, uh-huh, uh-huh. we're almost three months deep, and none of our resolutions have been kept. I don't even remember what any of mine are. I don't make them because I, I, you know, it's it's all bullshit anyway. Yeah, right. If
0: you're gonna change, you're just gonna change.
1: <laughs> if you're gonna do it, just do it. Don't don't talk about it. Don't pat yourself on the back. For getting three days deep into a regimen that you know you're not going to keep two weeks from now. Yeah, exactly. It's probably best that
0: if you make the change, you do it that day or the following day.
1: Yeah. You know, best time to start is now. And the next best time is tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> or an hour from then, depending on what it is. Yeah. If your resolution is not to be
0: drunk anymore and you're drunk,
1: <laughs> then it's, it's hard to hard to change that.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's hard to get undrunk very quickly. Mm-hmm. So the next day probably works out pretty good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah. that's when you wake up saying, oh, I'll never drink again. And then someone says, yo, they got unlimited mimosas down the street for free. And you're like, all right, well, can't pass up a good deal.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's the difficult part. Uh, welcome to real nerd hours your favorite slice of life podcast ostensibly about nerd shit it is me your man's denzel it is i your
1: favorite mixed race ambiguous person it is chet
0: uh we're here today to talk about a handful of things there's a lot of video game news as well as some uh review that we're doing today's review is gonna be on umbrella academy the
1: hottest new comic book to Netflix series by way of your favorite emo band
0: by way of your favorite
1: Gerard haha <laughs> <laughs> you like that i do and i'm <laughs> ashamed of myself for not doing that in the first place <laughs> goddamn so
0: umbrella academy what is it it's 10 episodes it's based on a comic book a dark horse comic by Gerard Way And the art style is a lot different. And the way that it's presented up front is it's created for TV by some dude. Yeah. And that leads me to believe I haven't read any of the comic. It leads me to believe that the comic and the TV show vary quite a bit.
1: So I did end up reading the, the comic in on like there's four parts and The TV show is kind of a mishmash of two of the parts, but it's mostly based around one of them. I read the comic arc that it's mostly based on. It is very different, mostly because the comic is only six issues. So I read through that shit in an hour. (laughs) And <laughs> so hold on,
0: part hour. one is six issues or the entire series is six issues? Part one is okay. six issues.
1: So it's very short, especially to make 10 one-hour episodes out of. So there's a whole lot more content in the show. It's largely faithful to the um, to the ideas in there. But it feels very different just because of how much more there is to it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good, I guess. I. How do you feel about the show overall?
1: It was okay. Okay. I didn't hate it. Like, I got through it, and I didn't dislike most of it, but it felt like 10 episodes were unnecessary, especially for how it ended. And I also think think that there probably wasn't a single character that I actually liked except for number five.
0: Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> number five was pretty sick. He was, uh, so in the story, he's, I guess it's revealed in the first episode, and so it's not necessarily even a spoiler, but he's this 13 year old who gets upset, uh, and he figures out that he can travel through time Oh God! We got to recap. Yeah, yeah, the we have story. to we
1: have to explain uh, what the the basis of this is.
0: Okay, so on some day in some year, a bunch of babies were immaculately concepted. These women went from zero to pregante in a matter <laughs> of seconds, and all of them were born
1: uh, immediately. And,
0: yes, immediately, and they become kids with powers. And there's a billionaire who goes around buying up as many of the babies as he can. I want to say that he bought up nine and think, then he got seven and then two of them died. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So nine to seven to five yeah. technically, which is not entirely accurate, but no, uh, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Number five uh, figures out at one point while he's a kid that he can travel through time. And what ends up happening is he uh, gets upset with his dad, as many teenagers do, and runs away. Dad
1: was especially a dick on top of that. Yeah.
0: His dad, the billionaire who bought him at birth, was a real (laughs) piece of shit. And it really upsets me that one of the guys has a fucking English accent, but it's really weird. Yeah. All the kids... All the kids except for one has an English accent Uh, or no. The other way around. One kid has an English accent. One kid has an English accent. Everybody else has American accents. But anyway, uh, kid gets upset. Number five gets upset. Oh, also, they're not given names. They're just given numbers. Yep. And the Android in the house gives them names after a certain point, which is.
1: must have been pretty late in life because it's revealed that she wasn't around until later. Yes, yeah. So they would have been like probably eight or nine before they even got names. Yeah. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So this
0: 13 year old runs away and he warps through time a few times first he goes to like the 20s then he's in the 50s then he's in the 80s and then oh no he jumps to 2019 from the year i don't know 1990 something probably or early 2000s yeah i
1: guess it would have been early 2000s
0: yeah i think they were born like on 80 in 88 or 89
1: 89
0: 89 yeah so it would have been 0302 something like that and uh he goes to the future oh no there's been an apocalypse ah go fucking figure yeah and he finds out when it happens and eventually he makes it back in time which is i don't really like how they get away with that i don't know i think time travel is only cool in like four or five different (laughs) ways and it's never used correctly at least not that i've seen not to say like yo there are correct ways to use time travel i'm saying that Time travel is so fucking whack that I haven't seen a good example of it once. Mm. Not one time. Have I been like, yo, that's the way that time travel here works. Fucking perfect.
1: Have you seen the movie predetermination? No, that one's a very interesting take on time travel. It's a very weird movie, but it's an interesting take on time travel and I would say it's probably one of the only ways that I would accept it happening, but the movie's fucking weird. So, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, as you would probably guess, this show operates on a single timeline. So the kid jumps to the future and then he jumps back to the same past that he's from. And that, I feel like, for the audience to be able to keep up with, I think that's a good way to handle
1: it. Yeah. Like, I never felt confused as to why he was there or, like, how did he get there? Well, I mean, I was curious how he got there, especially because they reveal that he's been in the future for 50 some odd years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he comes back and he's a kid. And they they just write that away with a single line of, oh, yeah, I messed up some calculations. Okay. Well, I guess, I guess that works. Uh. Yeah. But... Yeah, the time travel stuff never, it didn't really bother me. I didn't love it, but it's fine. It works as a plot device.
0: Yeah, but where you get into like kind of a tricky thing with time travel, uh, and this is where we'll get into spoilers for part of the story. He goes, I'll, I'll give it some time. I'll I'll let it breathe for a sec. One, two, three. All right, so here's some spoilers. Uh so, when he goes back in time to blow up the base in nineteen fifty five of like the time cops, effectively, yeah, which I don't know if the time cops are good or bad. It seems like they're leaning towards bad because, like they're letting bad shit happen.
1: but like but it's supposed to happen. So is it really bad? Yeah, right? So it's what's implied
0: in one of the episodes is that they have direct input as to what happens and what doesn't. And the reasons why that happens. Yeah. And it's not as if it's. It makes it seem like they're working towards a specific future, and the one that they want is the future destroyed. And it gives them the opportunity to choose who survives and who doesn't in the future. And I'm like, okay, like I, I get it. But then that means that time isn't on a fixed timeline and all that shit you said earlier was hooey, which makes sense. But then if he goes back in time and he's on the same timeline and he blows up the time cops headquarters and he fucks up everything they have, how does shorty the director get to the future to him to bring him back in time?
1: Uh, my one explanation for that is that it wasn't – because he, in the show, from what we perceive, it's he goes back, blows up the base, goes right back to where he was. And then, like, three hours later, she's waiting there like, ha gotcha, bitch. But she implies that it's been a while, like, in – time cop base Mm -hmm. so if it's been six months and they had to rebuild everything and did all that and got all their shit back together then she can jump right back to where he was and then why would they
0: even save him from the future if they rebuilt everything because that doesn't make any sense why he just fucked all your shit up just let him die in the future you you can say like oh you're special we figured out how to do this but like dog he just came back in time and proved that he's a piece of shit so if you decide not to save him then this is why i don't like time travel yeah because it, there's it's way too easy to open up plot holes and i get
1: i doubt the comic explains it any better they so that's one of the parts they mishmashed into it that's a whole different arc like okay. everything involving the time cops was a completely different story and the reason why he's a kid in the apocalypse arc is just that he jumped forward in time oh okay and that's it <laughs> oh that's cool yeah okay i'll have to check out the comic it seems rad it's cool but it's too short to me so like none of the characters seem to have any form of motivation or anything like shit just happens okay which i guess if you're fine with then it's perfectly fine but I don't think I've ever read a limited
0: run comic where it's got good character development. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Even the series that I like people just start out at certain points, even though I don't necessarily like this one all that much. Lake of fire is something that stands out to me. That's an example of this. Like you got a bunch of characters who come across and like a, a crash spaceship in medieval times. And this is at the point where I started to realize that some people are just writing comics hoping that they get picked up for movies. Yeah. And th- these guys go into the spaceship and a bunch of people get killed. And it's supposed to be like a horror action comic. And I look at it and it's like there's no character development here. They're just kind of stand ins for what people should be. And I don't know if the expectation for comics is we want the reader to put themselves in the position of these characters because that's not what happens in a lot of circumstances. You just have some dude who's fucking freaked out because they're alien, like naked mole rats or whatever, gigantic naked mole rats biting the heads off of his friends.
1: I mean, yeah, that would freak some people out, but I would give that more of a pass. Probably because it's like it's an extraordinary situation for otherwise relatively ordinary people, you know. So, yeah, you can't have shit just 180 on them. But this is they'll introduce a character, have shit turn sideways for them out of nowhere and seemingly unmotivated and then completely change the way they act. Based on No Catalyst. Oh, so it's
0: like the show, except you don't see the events leading up to those attitude changes.
1: Yeah, so... I mean, I don't know if we're still on spoiler talk or not, but I'll, I'll keep it vague. But the, the guy, Leonard, does not exist in the comics. He oh. That character doesn't exist, and Vanya is barely a character at all except when she's critical to the plot.
0: <laughs> okay. And that makes sense because Leonard felt like, I don't want to say he felt like he was shoehorned into the story, but he was so fucking generic. You could see it coming from a mile away, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I thought they were going to do it a little differently. Um, so my, my hot prediction to Nikki was that the time cops, didn't actually want the apocalypse to happen except for the handler that she was the only person that was actually pushing for the, uh, for the apocalypse. This isn't spoiler talk, of course. (laughs) Um, and that the caseworker was actually trying to get, um, Hazel and Chacha to get them out of there, like to, to throw them off the tracks and to like keep, the Umbrella Academy from causing the apocalypse. So I thought that the Umbrella Academy would find out that Leonard was all fucked up, kill him before Vanya learns the truth. She loses control. She causes the apocalypse, the end. So the order to protect the guy was them stopping the apocalypse and the order to for hazel and cha-cha to kill each other was another catalyst to the apocalypse okay it would have been a you know misdirection but also you could have seen it coming you know
0: my prediction was exactly what happened
1: (laughs) i don't i don't want to be like
0: i'm the fucking messiah over here like
1: but what happened to me what happened was such like an easier way to go
0: yeah it was super easy because all right. clearly we're still doing spoilers if you're listening to this and you're just skipping around looking for spoiler points I'll put it in the show notes so you're aware (laughs) of where they are and like shout outs to you if you mystically land on this exact point of me telling you where the spoilers are going to be or where the notes for the spoilers are going to be anyway the easiest thing they did or to do was exactly what they did and I didn't predict that he was going to be from prison or he went to prison. I just assumed he was like working with some, the, the time cops before I knew they were time cops. Yeah. And then I was just like, Oh, these two entities are different, but he's got some motivation here, but learning that he's completely disconnected from the story and it's, Oh God, he's such a shitty character and it's such a shitty way of doing that because even if, Vanya, like, I don't. They don't do a good job of expressing how erratic Vanya's behavior is when she's off of her medication. Yeah. And why she wouldn't take her sister's word for it. And, like, I get their relationship isn't great, but, like, to not be at least a little bit suspicious at some point.
1: I mean, she does she does feel like a total outcast at all points. And they do make a, a good job of expressing that. Cause it's also my, my question throughout that whole thing was why not just make her the brains of the operation? Like why not just train her to be your successor?
0: Yeah. Why isn't she fucking Oracle?
1: Yeah. And you could tell
0: that like, that's how you knew she had fucking powers from right jump.
1: because it was obvious that he was just keeping her in a cage. Yes. But, um, this was the first guy to make her or first person to make her feel special in any way basically ever.
0: Well, so the way that he did that was just by taking her off her meds and binging her up. Like you couldn't (laughs) tell me that any other dude that she had dated hadn't like tried to make her feel nice about herself. Yeah. Like she just didn't
1: see it. Yeah. And she'd been living on her own for Probably at least 10 years. And yeah, you just don't feel anything. Like this is the first person. May, maybe those meds were really good. I don't
0: know. Yeah, they don't do a good job of explaining what exactly the meds do. They do kind of, uh, and they do it through cinematography and set design to a certain degree, express that, oh, before she was on the, when she was on this medicine, the world is dark and dreary and look, she's off the medicine now, but the world is vibrant, but they don't show you that she's being erratic or anything like that. And there's something else that bothered me. I think in the attic of the house where the dude was in the first timeline that they were working on before, uh, number five reversed everything. Wasn't what's the violinist's body in the attic. Wrapped in plastic.
1: Yeah, it. That was when they were searching through his house, and like they figured out that oh shit, this is the guy. No, see, I don't
0: think she was in the house when they were searching, when the group was searching, because what's his name passes out. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was in the timeline where Vanya found the book under his bed
1: yeah and
0: it like goes up to the the attic yeah. and you see all the pictures of them with their eyes scratched out or whatever and you see a body on the floor wrapped in plastic which i think is the violinist yeah and he admits later after they like the timeline switch he's yeah. like yeah do you think she just went missing on her own but where they basically leave their house like the umbrella academy and go straight to his place so when did he have time to get rid of the body
1: that's a great question there's actually a lot of timeline issues especially based around the orchestra i actually have a lot of issues (laughs) with the orchestra stuff so first things first a violinist especially in a small time chamber orchestra like that was would never Just outright tell someone, fucking quit. Like, that's just not a thing that musicians do to each other. You would have to specifically hate someone in order to talk to them like that. And there's a lot of shitty musicians out there. And generally, people are pretty encouraging no matter what. That's number one. Number two, uh, a chamber orchestra of that size is not going to sell out that big-ass fucking symphony hall <laughs> they probably wouldn't even book that <laughs> symphony hall let us sell that out uh and third which is the most egregious mistake that they made if your first chair principal soloist violinist mysteriously disappears you're one not going to replace them within a week Two, not going to hold a concert in a week. And three, you're definitely not going to have printed collateral with the new principal violinist that you selected two days before the fucking concert. (laughs) Because the whole show takes place in the span of a week. And that's one of the things that, like, makes everything so urgent was that homie dies. A week later is the apocalypse. Oh, shit. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then another issue with the orchestra, like, wouldn't the second chair just move up to first chair?
1: Well, in, in such a tight deadline, if they really wanted to do that, they would probably just hire a ringer. They would just bring in some local fucker some part cool. of the
0: musical union they, locally yeah, they like, were, Hey, we've got a union here. Go pick some scab or whatever. Yeah.
1: Just find the best player that we can on short notice. But if a chair is vacant, no, you just audition into whatever position that you're in, which is the other thing. Like why she wouldn't talk so much shit about like, Oh, your third chair. No, you audition into whatever spot. So, it's not necessarily that first chair is better than second chair. It's just that the second chair may have been open. They auditioned onto that spot in the, in the symphony, in the orchestra. And then when the first chair was open, someone else auditioned into that spot. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're better. They didn't audition against each other.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it plays, and this is how it worked in my mind because I'm not a band nerd. Uh, it played on my rudimentary understanding of hierarchical design. Yeah, like oh, first chair. She must have been there for a while, and then just eventually got that spot because she was practicing. Right, a whole
1: and bunch. that's that's how it goes with a lot of you know other more traditional kind of lineups. Like you know, oh, that's first string quarterback. Okay, cool. That's the best quarterback but no that's not how orchestras work specifically
0: and also i want to i want to remark that on a professional level i don't think that the difference between the skill level in violinists in a small orchestra like that is going to vary that greatly it's not <laughs> because i don't know like i i have this thing where in basketball i watch a lot of i watch a lot of professional basketball and yeah there are differences between individual players like you can tell the difference between like uh rodney hood and a lebron james like lebron james is obviously the better player but when you look at the teams as a whole like the teams aren't really that much better than each other. Yeah. In a lot of circumstances. There are definitely outliers, but the field is mostly together in that the teams aren't like that banging or whatever. I, it's
1: a phenomenon that happens in a lot of different things where when you are bad at something, it's easy to get to, you know, like that 50th percentile. That first 50%. Dead easy, no problem. Then you go from 50 to 80, and that takes a couple of years. But when you reach that, like, 90th percentile, I mean, really, if you're NBA, you're 99th percentile already. Yeah, So you're the top of the top of the top. And then those minute little differences that make you either the top two (laughs) ever versus, you know, just one of the top 100 players right now, like, that's a lot of ground to cover. But it's basically imperceptible to someone who's still even at the 80th percentile. Yeah,
0: exactly. Because what, like, what the Shorty, whose first chair, is going to finger a little bit faster. Yeah. And she's probably, like, practicing an hour a day versus a half hour a day. And, I mean, I guess that's a way big difference. Oh, yeah. It's like, double like, the time. <laughs> uh, 45 minutes a day versus an hour a day. There you go. And it's... It's something that I'm like – this story in itself, like I get what they're trying to do with it, but it doesn't necessarily matter to me because what – you're going to have her kind of center her life around this orchestra and have this dude enter her life like, boom, you've got a boyfriend now. You don't have time for that shit. I'm going (laughs) to pretend like I'm supportive, but I want you to use your motherfucking powers, dog. I knew you had powers, and I just hate – him being posted up outside of the umbrella Academy at the exact right time to see that stuff thrown into the trash can. It's so stupid. Uh, I'm
1: just going to go ahead and, and write that one off as he was stalking them all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. He was stalking them all the time, but like that, that was very it was exceedingly convenient, <laughs> Yeah, exceedingly convenient. Now, if you want to say like, Oh, like, the death of the billionaire was everybody was aware of it. So of course, like they wanted to hang out at the house, but like, then you would have seen people even outside of him, more people hanging around the house.
1: And then someone would have seen him digging through the fucking trash. Yeah.
0: Yep. I don't know. As a whole, the show is pretty all right. They, they have like a budget. They put money into it. It looks good. The acting is pretty
1: fine. Yeah. Yeah. It was all right. I, The CG was kind of uh,
0: yeah. The (laughs) the effects for the time travel portal were whack as fuck,
1: and they uh the stuff at the end with uh, the ghost just fucking everybody up looked pretty bad. Oh
0: shit! Uh, I like what they did in the first episode where they hid the dude's transformation, Ben's transformation behind the opaque glass. That was cool. Yeah, I was like, oh, this obviously shows that they don't really have the budget to make a really (laughs) good-looking monster, so let's just hide it. And I was like, okay, perfect.
1: I I accept that decision. I still want to know how Ben just dies off screen and they never talk about it. Yeah,
0: that was kind of weird. I was like well, is he dead or is he actually coming back? Because at that one point, he actually hits the dude Yeah, and the old man's like, you've got these powers.
1: So I assume that just means he can bring people back from the dead. So that brings me to my next big gripe with the show. And it's basically that these kids were raised to be superheroes. These kids were single mindedly raised for the purpose of save the world, learn your powers, be good, whatever. And it doesn't seem to me that these people have a firm grasp on what the fuck their powers even are. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Practicing (laughs) since you were a youth and you just don't know.
1: Yeah. Like Joe Jackson didn't raise some fucking hacks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This guy's a fucking billionaire with all the resources in the world. There should have been one Michael Jackson there, right? And that could have been like young Aryan dude who turned into the ape. <laughs> yep. But I'm, I mean,
1: effectively he's Superman without the flight, right? Yeah, basically. But I mean, like Tito still can throw down, you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> even even Latoya had some bangers. That's what I'm saying. So like. Okay, so you don't have seven Michael Jacksons, but you should at least have a solid Jackson Five here. And you barely had anything going. You had Homie with the knives; that he was just angsty, and he he was good, but never really did anything for the most part. Yeah. Uh, same thing with Space Boy, you know, Gorilla Jones, uh, and Ben seemed to be pretty good at his shit, but dies off screen number 5 was fine except he had 50 years to practice on top of that and
0: yeah that's
1: another thing i mean
0: at some point in that 50 years how does he lose his
1: powers i get i don't know like i know the explanation was that he was never very good at time traveling 50 years
0: (laughs) yeah in in 50 years i assume he could have figured out how to get back unless there's some unexplained thing where his powers are tied to the lives of the people on earth or whatever and once everybody on earth is dead uh he travels back in time or whatever or uh he can't travel through time anymore which is kind of weird uh, but, but fuck it whatever yeah, time you know. travel is fucking stupid yep and don't incorporate it into any stories unless if you know how to write it you gotta be try on something your shit. new yep something fantastic
1: but the person i mean they even say this in the show the biggest disappointment was klaus he doesn't even like talk to the dead for information gathering like if you had this power for all your life you should be used to it. You shouldn't be freaked out by dead bodies or ghosts or whatever. You should be very comfortable in the land of the dead. And you should be talking to dead people to gain information. And you can use that as your contribution to the team, at the very least. Well, he does do that once he's sober and yeah, being when he's- tortured. And he doesn't even freak out.
0: He's just like, yo, this old Russian lady's fucking annoying. <laughs> and then once the crowd is around him doing all the talking or whatever... He's just like, mm, uh, okay, so you did this, you did that, she did this. Oh, okay, well, I get it. And he's not even scared. So he spent a bunch of time on right. drugs and alcohol for really no reason <laughs> just, because he liked it. Yeah, that that's really what it was. And is it just me or did that kid that was locked in the, uh, a, uh, whatever it's called, the atrium? No, it's not an atrium, but the, where the bodies are, the oh, young Oh, the, uh, the mausoleum mausoleum yes yeah we're young did he not have an accent or am i tripping
1: i don't remember i don't remember hearing him talk yeah uh, he screams dad
0: a few times don't leave me in here yeah and he's
1: i yeah. don't know accents go away when you scream <laughs> that's science look it up <laughs>
0: <laughs> um yeah i don't know i'm i guess i recommend the show if you don't really have anything else to watch
1: yeah if you're not a, uh, if you're not hypercritical of stuff <laughs> definitely it's, it's worth it sh- it's worth a shot you know nikki enjoyed it a lot of the folks on my social media are gushing about it and i'm sitting here like a crotchety old man saying no it wasn't that good but it also wasn't that bad so yeah i think
0: people i've said it before and i'll say it again people like to praise mediocrity and maybe that's my own cynicism poking out but i just don't there, there are times to praise things that you really like. I like a lot of things that are very bad, and I can acknowledge that. I like things that are mediocre, and I can acknowledge that. But talking about something uncritically and giving it nothing but praise, I mean, like, that leaves a lot to be desired as far as art criticism goes.
1: Yeah, and, you know, as as we've stated many times on this show, you're allowed to like bad things. You're allowed to like mediocre things. You're not allowed to like good things though. Goddamn right. You better hate that
0: good shit. (laughs) You got to hate the good shit, but you're again allowed to like things that are great and better. There you go. (laughs) Just not good things. Anything that's good. You can't like, uh, putting a kibosh on that one. (laughs) Not to say that I expect every person on social media to be like an art critic and look at things critically. I just mean it's not good for me personally because that's how I analyze everything yep. for, as far as it impacts me to see people say like, Oh, this shit's dope. Like this shit's really cool. You're going to fucking love this. This is the best. And like very, uh um, <laughs> imprecise language when describing things yeah, because that's social media now right like you say oh this shit this shit's top 10 this shit's the best ever I love this shit this shit's gonna be the most amazing thing your eyes have ever seen you'll love it
1: I've I've seen probably about 200 rappers described as top 10 yeah, yeah.
0: This dude's top ten, yo, top of, ten easy. Top ten of the rap music release right now within the last ten minutes,
1: easy, easy. Well, speaking of bad shit, if you're a fan of uh, Red Letter Media, I have to, I have to recommend just finding and watching the movie Creating Rem Lazar. That was one of the movies they watched in their most recent Best of the Worst. And they do not give it the credit it deserves. That show, movie, show, whatever you want to call it, is fucking horrible and amazing. How did you find it? It's on YouTube. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. You can just look up creating rem Lazar. The upload has uh, some VHS, uh, tracking issues. So like sometimes it skips a little or like it slows down and shit, but you know what? It's part of the magic. Okay. Yeah. And I have had songs from that dumbass movie stuck in my head for like the last week. I'm not watching it. Oh yeah. It's, it's basically a musical. There's a lot of bad songs.
0: Musicals.
1: It, it's, it is terrible. It is actually really bad, but it's a lot of fun in a very corny kind of way. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's cool. I want to just go on a side rant
0: right now. I just want to say that eBay is such a shitty platform. <laughs> it's awful. I put up a couple things to sell over the weekend, and bots bought one of the item okay. items, And they were just bidding on it and they won the bids and nobody paid for it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Like we, you just let bots buy shit. Now bots can have accounts and they have the bot has all negative seller feedback, but all positive buyer feedback. And it's like, what
1: the fuck man? So why, if it has positive buyer feedback, why bother bidding? Like, why why are you having this bot bid on shit if if it's perfectly fine as a seller then what's well no the seller feedback is trash it's
0: all oh. negative feedback for the seller feedback oh for, okay for i got buyer. that
1: i got that backwards okay
0: yeah it's why does it have positive buyer feedback if it's not even paying probably all other bots it's all uh ambiguously phrased things mm. oh really great buyer paid on time Oh, awesome guy. He was very communicative during the process. like Things like that from people with equally as low seller feedback. (laughs) And it's just like, dog, I fucking hate this platform. Just let me sell my shit not to bots. And I uh, don't want to put it on Craigslist. I did put it on Craigslist. And it turns out I got hit up by one person. And he thought it was the wrong fucking camera. Tight. And he was just like, oh, I thought it was the 4K version. I can't. I don't want it anymore. And I was like, bitch, I've been talking to you for three fucking days. Oh, god. You goddamn. didn't want to look at the fucking ad? And then the people on Let Go and the other one always lowball you. Yeah. Because it's all the same guys who watch, like, Gary Vaynerchuk $2 flip videos yep. and, like, want to go out and buy one thing for $2 and constantly trade up yep. and see if they can get, like, a house or some shit. <laughs> and it's like Fuck, dude, just let me sell my shit. I said the price is firm on this ad. That means the price is firm. So I don't. I'm not going below this number. God damn you, fucking moron! Oh, oh god, man. I fuck, I hate selling things online.
1: It's kind of the worst. Yes, it absolutely is. Especially when it's like a reasonably high ticket item. Because if if you're selling something that's worth ten dollars and you put it up for eight and someone you know, offers you five, it's like, okay, whatever, I'll lose $3. But when you're selling something for 500 and someone's offering you 250 it's like, no, I'm not giving this shit for half the price. Yeah, and then
0: you'll turn around and sell it for 400 Yeah.
1: And it's like, bitch, I know how the game is played.
0: Don't play me, you ho. No, I, I don't.
1: Ain't with it. God
0: damn. I... I hate selling things on the internet. Anyway, some news came out today about Pokemon. A
1: lot of Pokemon news today. There was the Pokemon Direct this morning. We're recording this on Wednesday just so we can bring you this news. It's also oh. because we're, you know, whatever. Before we get into
0: that, uh, Reggie F- May. Oh uh, yeah, retired.
1: Yeah, shout outs to
0: Reggie. Actually, I don't even really like Nintendo all that much because I like I just don't fuck with video games like that, right? And mostly not Nintendo video games like that because I think Nintendo's hyper overrated. But that's another argument for another <laughs> time. Uh, shout out to uh, shout out to Reggie. I guess like I the problem that I have with situations like these is like I don't feel like like I don't care. <laughs> you know what i mean like the dude's retiring he didn't die
1: yeah he's, he's a just, lot of people are are, are acting as like oh this is the end of an era it's like dog he was the president of the company he's retiring he's passing the baton to someone else who's probably very highly qualified is his last name is bowser. bowser he was born for the job
0: yeah right i don't intend to downplay the feelings of anybody who may actually really care about this but this is on the same level as like a GM in basketball retiring or (laughs) like the manager at your local bar retiring or whatever, or moving to a different bar. It's just like they're still alive and you're not friends with this fucker. So like, (laughs) like what are you going to do? You're going to fucking hit him up and be like, yo, like thanks for the work. I appreciate it. He's not even on fucking Twitter. He doesn't care. Like I'm sure he cares as much as anybody can care about like, Having a job at like a faceless corporation that really doesn't give a fuck about people like that. <laughs> like, I'm sure he can care at, about that much, but. He's just quitting his job. Yeah. He's going to go have fun. He's going to he's gonna be on that Obama shit. Yep. You remember when Obama retired and he was out there in the fucking chancletas on the beach and shit, <laughs> yep. waving at people saying good luck? That's what Reggie's about to be doing. Hell yeah. Bowser's going to go in and he's going to be like, good luck. He's going to be on the beach with his fucking toes out. He's going to be having a good
1: time. Goddamn right. I, and you know what? He's earned it. Probably. I guess. I, I don't know what he actually does. He,
0: he was on Nintendo Directs, and if he's got time to be on Nintendo Direct, what else is he, like, missing out on, huh? Like, what else could he be doing, huh? I don't, I don't know. Making sure that Nintendo actually has a friendly online platform. Hmm? hmm? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, as far as I'm aware, the president of a company has very little to do with actual operations. <laughs> I think I think the president of the company might be the face of the company. Well, yes, but it's, I think it's also like, you know, they get a seat on the board of directors and they can advise things, but they don't have any direct control over anything. Yeah, like if, if it's a financial matter, it goes to the CFO. And the CFO has several people that he talks to that handle the more minute details. If it's a... Uh, I don't know if it's a business acquisition thing. There's going to be the CEO that handles stuff like that. Like the president is going to be above all that. And those decisions are actually below his pay grade. Yeah. He just has to steer the ship in the right direction based on press releases, I guess. I don't know. He I don't was know how in uh, Omega sixty four video once. Yeah, that's cool.
0: And we need to talk about something. We need to stop fucking celebrating companies that express personality at times or are having fun with things like Arby's. Whoever does their Arby's shit, extremely talented. Don't fucking celebrate Arby's <laughs> for that. That's that individual that's I, doing
1: that. I have had the same conversation several times. Wow, this Arby stuff is really cool. Yeah, too bad their food still sucks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah, shout out to Reggie for being in that Nintendo video or that Mega64 video. Didn't make me buy a Switch. No. Ho. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, oh, Pokemon man. news. Uh, first, there was another trailer released for Detective Pikachu. Ludicolo looks fucking insane. And... Yeah, Pikachu likes coffee and people are into that. Uh, the bigger news that actually matters to us us, us gamers uh, is that Pokemon Generation 8 was announced. Pokemon Sword and Shield and, you know, catch me down the line with Pokemon Gun. And yeah, it's coming out on Switch, which actually means kind of a lot. And they haven't really given details as to you know what this means actually they may have said a lot more i didn't watch the direct it was at 6 a.m and i'm not waking up to watch this fucking announcement fair enough Uh, the vod should be on youtube anyway it is
0: yeah but it's you know
1: like two hours long and i'm just here for the spark notes and the spark notes are that there's generation eight it's supposedly based in britain something like that i don't know which is very different for them and um, I like all the all the new starters. They all look pretty pretty cool in their own right, and I think that's probably the first time since like the OGs that I'm okay with all three of them. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I, this is probably the most likely I am to go for a grass starter ever, because Grass Monkey is looking pretty cool. He is described as bastard man in the very loose Japanese translation, and I enjoy that. Okay. (laughs) And, you know, you got a a flaming bunny and a weird water lizard bug guy, but he seems to be, you know, like the cool, calm, collected type. That's probably the one that I'm least likely to go for.
0: Okay. I don't like pokemon anymore
1: yep you've grown out of it i am yeah. still a child that's okay
0: well no it's not even a matter of
1: growing out of it i think that uh the game
0: mechanics have expand had expanded to a point to where i
1: just lost interest in it every gen there is some new gimmick that they start and abandon because it has no actual bearing on gameplay and no one cares about it okay so like the berries are gone, where you have to like
0: rub your tummy, the tummies of your Pokemon, and feed them berries so they like you, so they
1: get stronger faster. I don't know about that. They might bring that back. Okay, I
0: I don't <laughs> know. I haven't played them in a while. I just I I I don't fuck with it. Yeah, and I get I get the interest for sure because Nintendo is extremely good at putting the same fucking thing out and like taking mechanics from other places and incorporating it into their products and just using that and giving it a new coat of paint so people enjoy it they know how to sell games yeah they do they absolutely do and i just i'm sick of it i (laughs) like as as far as being down for nostalgia grabs go like i'm not with it Give me something new. Give me something interesting. The new thing that they released, uh, Spelunky, Splatoon, Splatoon uh, that's not interesting. Okay, so you have an arena shooter where you have to paint the level. I mean, like, it's cool in concept, yeah, yeah, but it's not enough to get me to buy a Switch. And I'll be fucked if I'm buying Mario, and I'm not buying Zelda again, and I'm not buying Pokemon again, and I'm not buying Mario Kart again, and I'm not buying Metroid again. This they're putting out the same products over and over. Oh again. yeah. And the, like people can get on me. I get it. They might be good, but I don't <laughs> want to use my money to support that. I'd rather do other things.
1: I, that is a very common complaint among mature gamers and mature games for mature games, such as myself. Uh, yeah, that's a very <laughs> common complaint among uh, a lot of the older audience you know, who's grown up with Nintendo, like, yeah, the Mario games are pretty much always good and Mario Kart, you know what you're getting and it's going to be a quality product, but they don't do anything new. Like they keep releasing Smash Bros. And of course, you know, you expect a bigger roster each time, or at least a different roster. And what do you get with each game in terms of like first party characters? You've got more fire emblem on more fire emblem on more fire emblem, and then you take you These get cowards like
0: cowards won't even put Waluigi in the fucking game. I,
1: I actually don't get why Waluigi is not a playable character. I honestly don't get that one. But other characters that you get that are new, we the the Wii Fit trainer. Okay, that's that's kind of fun, and that's something that's actually new. You got Inkling from Splatoon. Okay, cool. Piranha Plant. Which they could have put in, because that's been in Mario games since literally the first one. They're like running out of fucking characters to put in Yeah, because they're not making new products. Exactly. (laughs) Most of the new characters in the newest Smash are either Fire Emblem or third-party games. Or Pokemon. Yeah. Like, that's basically it. And you get a couple of new characters from recent IPs. And I mean a couple. that's it. Because they're not making new shit. The newest stuff that they've put out is Splatoon and like Wii Sports and Wii Fit. Which, those aren't really series and... The the newest successful things that they've put out. Yeah, but even then there's only a couple of new things that they've even tried. Like, at least first party Nintendo developed games. And I think it's just because they know they can make money with the same old yeah, stuff
0: and that's the problem with fucking capitalism that's why we're getting fucking magnum pi reboot yeah that's why we're getting a new beverly hills cop that's why they're re-releasing whatever 90s action movie or 80s action yeah. movie that was made because they know that they can cash in on its name value
1: you know when you said the 80s action movie i was i just instantly thought oh wait till they make a new total recall and they did and it sucked
0: (laughs) yeah they did with colin farrell and uh jessica alba and who else was in that those were the only two people who matter they remade robocop they (sighs) didn't even go to mars in total recall that was so stupid yeah that's they know what people want to see they know what people want to see why aren't you giving people what they want to see if you're going to remake it they, they did Dread real good. Yeah,
1: Dread was like one of the only good remakes. <laughs> every 10 years, every decade that we can you know, nicely categorize, there's going to be good shit and bad shit, and we're going to go back to some of the good shit. We're going to try and remake it, and it's going to be bad, and we're going to go back to some of the bad shit, and some of them will be bad, some of them will be good. And who knows if the good remakes of bad things will actually be remembered for being good or if we're just going to look back to you know og judge dread well how long has it been since dread came out it's my at least five years
0: (laughs) i don't remember people remember it pretty fondly i'd say that it has more of a cult following than an actual following because it was not successful in the theaters at all
1: i didn't see it in theaters
0: (laughs) uh they're making a show Oh really. Based around that, I want to say. I think Carl Urban is in it. Interesting. I wanna say not not entirely
1: sure. I think I would be down with that, but they'd have to keep it as high production value as the movie was. Because that was part of what sold me on it, was that the effects were really cool and the environment was very convincing and all that. So Well, they did a good job of keeping it inexpensive. Yeah
0: but you know they put money where they needed to exactly like the slow-mo stuff yeah they had a vision and they stuck to it and it was really good and i respect it yeah i wonder i want to live in a different timeline where you get to see what original movies are doing like i i want to see a movie that's not based on a fucking book a comic book or a video game or a song some asshole wrote and <laughs> i would like some action movie or something like something original that's come out like i want to go to the universe where it's nothing but original movies and see what's going on there that'd be really interesting to
1: see that certainly would i mean you know every year you do get completely original movies but sometimes they're just not very good like uh downsizing was a totally original premise, at least as far as I'm aware. I don't think it was based on anything. That was the movie where um, there's a service that'll shrink you because housing is expensive. So if you shrink, you can live more cheaply and life is simple and everything is great. And that's an original concept. And apparently it made sense in in the world and they handled it pretty well until about halfway through the movie... And then it just went to shit and everything was terrible. I didn't see it myself, but this was uh, someone else's review.
0: (laughs) All right, fair enough.
1: But, Um, uh, you know, at least they tried. You know, it's at least an original concept. And as far as I'm aware, not based on anything.
0: Yeah. The problem that I also have is that, and granted, I have no foundation for this. This is just something that I believe for no reason and there's a good chance that none of this is true there's like a mistranslation between the people who are in power who want to have final control over the movie and what the writer wrote because if you look at the two like Bright being the one example that I have when you watch other projects that go up on Netflix I like I'm kind of taken aback because in the premise seems fucking cool but So many times they miss it. It's like a layup and they just like throw it right off the fucking backboard, (laughs) dude.
1: I don't know what it is. Well, that's that's part of the allure of indie films. That you don't have these big studios telling you what to do. Because with something like Bright, that wouldn't really be able to be made unless you were to like crowdfund it. Otherwise, you have to go to a big studio so that you can get funding for this because it requires a lot of effects. It requires a lot of groundwork before you even get started. But if you take a simpler story that can be told without having a bunch of I don't want to say corporations, but business people like with their fingers in it and changing things of like, oh, this doesn't test well with our demo and oh this, you know, that's been played out and we don't want this to compete with our other movie that's coming out that kind of stuff gets in the way. So people go independent and make the movies they want to make, but they don't have access to the same level of money that big studios have. And sometimes even if you're the writer and the director and you know, you adapted to the screenplay beautifully as to what you believe, sometimes people just aren't good enough. Like, in directing and in doing cinematography and it just doesn't come across so you know you got you got different pitfalls that you can fall into for either studios or for doing indie stuff you know it's it's hard to make magic happen
0: Yeah, definitely. And there are only a handful of people who have managed to make magic happen solo dolo a few times. Yeah. Kevin Smith, Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino, Ridley Scott, James Cameron, Steven Spielberg. Like all these people were able to make their own movies with their own vision, uh, having written their own project and directed it front to back. But even later down their career, they've become washed and their shit sucks. Yeah. And when you go back to look at where they fucked up, it's that they didn't outsource the right jobs to the right people. Yeah. Like Django Unchained. It was it. I think it was after Quentin Tarantino's editor had passed away. Mm. It was his first movie after they had passed away and that shit was long as fuck. Yeah. And it just meandered in places because they didn't have the right person there to tell that motherfucker. no, yeah you know what i mean and one thing that i'll comment on that i often rail against is in american culture the idea that one person who's good at one thing can do it all oh yeah people
1: fucking love that concept and like it it is inspiring to have you know someone like oh this person he writes he directs he can sing he plays guitar he's a monster on the basketball court. Like that's cool, but why can't they just be a really good writer? And yeah. that's it.
0: There's a book called the death of expertise that I'm sure touches on that. <laughs> what I was going to add on to that is that the one thing that somebody like an Elon Musk is good at and somebody like Steve jobs, I'm sure was good at, or Bill Gates is finding the right people to do the job for them. Yeah. Because none of these people are, are well, maybe Bill Gates was.
1: I mean, he like, built he, the platform, but he built the not, platform,
0: but they stole ideas from well, each yeah, other. And, yeah, shit, so.
1: and it's not like he's coded anything in the last 10
0: years. No, absolutely. You're right. It's like in creativity, the important thing is to know when you can't do a good enough job yeah and you have to bring somebody in who can do a better job than you especially if you have control like george lucas is somebody who i'm not going to give him credit for uh well he deserves credit for writing and directing his vision and bringing it to the screen and all that i'm not going to give him credit for being a genius because it's like he's not he's not (laughs) no. <laughs> the, the Star Wars sucks. I'm just going to put it. Damn. This episode is full of fucking negativity. Uh, <laughs> <Well>. Star Wars, <laughs> Star Wars isn't good, but I will give him credit for actually realizing his vision. But what he should have done at a certain point is find somebody who's better at directing or better at like set design or like, uh, universe building than he was, or at least people to help him, bring new ideas to the table and not just yes. Yes. People. Yeah. People who will just say yes to everything just because like they want to keep their jobs. I mean, I guess it's, it's not a good environment. I spoke to a creative dude a while ago and he kind of phrased things in a really shitty way. (laughs) He, um, he said, yeah, I value the creative input from everybody that works on my team. But again, it's my team and it's not a fucking democracy. So, and like if you foster an environment where people are afraid to speak up because it's not a fucking democracy, then you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. The amount of input people have could be limited, should be limited to some degree, but making people fear, expressing themselves in a creative field is not a positive way to go yeah. about business.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of artists who work for a living, you know, in a creative field probably have faced that probably for more often than not in their career. Cause as with any desk job or pretty much any job at all, there's a hierarchy and, and, if you try and overstep your bounds, people don't like that. Unless you do it just the right way, and then like, oh, that has management material written <laughs> all over <of> it. <laughs> but you know, people want you to shut up and do your work rather than telling your boss how to do their job. You know, and when, in a creative field, oh, everyone's got an opinion. Your secretary has an opinion on how how blue that blue should be.
0: Yeah. And ultimately, the funny thing about doing creative work is not – I don't want to minimize it to this degree, but largely the decisions don't really make that big of a difference. Yep. So, that is real true. I was watching a video tutorial on how somebody made like – took some product photography. I'm getting back into photography. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just – reacclimating my mind to the things that i'm into and the things that i'm not product photography not one of those things because the amount of work that goes into it to just like take pictures of things for other people it's shitty but anyway uh he went through all the steps he he took in order to get this bottle of liquor to look good and at one point he he zooms in extra tight to the collar that's around the bottle's neck mm-hmm. that stretches up to the cap and he zooms in extra tight and he's like this area doesn't look good and he just made the line straight and then he zoomed out and you couldn't tell the difference from if you zoomed out yeah and it's like okay well like I I appreciate that you did that but if you look at it overall. What difference did that make? Like, if in a magazine ad, nobody's going to look at the line that was off by a single millimeter and be like, yo, this is fucked up. Yep. Somebody fucked this up. Now, some of the other things that he fixed in there, like, I can understand. like oh, sure. Some things weren't symmetrical, and he fixed the symmetry on them, and he did a bunch of other things to fix them, but that one thing stood out to me, and I was just like,
1: that was a waste. See, that kind of stuff... That's not for the consumer. That's for other artists who might look at that. And that's for the client who might have someone on staff that zooms in that close. And they're like, "Mm, this is off, fix that. And that's, that's literally it. And that's other artists and that's other creatives being just as anal as he is for no real reason. But, but to have, have some form of
0: input that's not actually worth anything.
1: That, that, that is a trick that I've learned um, over the years. If you have a client who's especially like wants to feel valued, leave in some mistakes. On your first pass, just leave in some fuck-ups. And they'll say, oh, yeah, I didn't really like this thing right here. And it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Let me fix that. And you had it on deck because you knew that was a mistake and it's good to go. <laughs> nice uh and also draw dicks in the blue channel
0: always always nobody really ever checks the blue channel just draw them in there (laughs) nobody's gonna know that's where the grain goes you can just draw it in the little corner you can zoom in extra close nobody's gonna know there's a big old dick there Boom. easy (laughs) yeah
1: anyway let's get into questions from the subreddit reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours thank you for submitting questions join the discussion First one this week comes from Overlord Dean. He says, I play Fate Grand Order, or Fate Go, or FGO, depending. And they just released a new servant whose skin color has been, quote unquote, turned down in the North American localization. And naturally, it's caused concerns about further censorship and adjustments. What's your guys' take on this? Did you see?
0: No. Was it somebody who was like, it- clearly in blackface in Japan and then they just made them normal looking in the United States
1: in a word. Yes. Um,
0: okay. I mean like the, so the top one is American. Yeah. I mean, I know people with skin tones that look like that. So it's not as if that's a completely unrealistic skin tone, right? I don't know that. As long as the lips aren't, like, fucking peeking out here with, right. like, Mr. Popo and shit. Like, I know people with skin tones that are that dark. So, it's not as if that's a huge issue. I don't know. I, that just seems yeah, weird. It,
1: it feels
0: strange for them to do that. I would expect it to be the other way around. Like, well, I guess I should phrase that correctly. I expect that to be, like, the light skin version was or the dark skin version was here in America, yeah. and in Japan they lighten that motherfucker up because I,
1: they're racist as shit. They did that for um, Persona Three, I think. It was a, a white character, and they just were Japanese character, and they just made him a black kid, and kind of for no reason, just to have nice. a black kid in there. <laughs> nice, but yeah, this one, it's an odd decision. Like even if you're gonna lighten up a character because you feel like the skin is too dark to be realistic, which again, it's not really the case. It's rare to see someone that dark, but they exist. Yeah. And if they were going to lighten them up, I feel like they took it way too far. Like they went, they blew past Denzel and went right to my skin tone with the, uh, with the, the censored version. Like that's several shades that they could have done without taking it that far. So That's, that's where I am most confused about that. And I'm curious on what end that was done. Like, was that Japan giving that to the U S saying, Hey, we know you're not going to like this. So here's the lightened version. Or was that the U S taking it and saying, Hey, we don't like this. Let's fix this.
0: Ah, well, this is a good question.
1: I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really pay attention to fate at all but i had seen that character and the censorship um yeah i don't know i i think it's a dumb move that's basically where i'm going to leave it at and i think most censorship for video games is almost completely unnecessary
0: you know what i'm going to i'm going to go out on a limb and say that's not censorship it's you know that yeah it's not censorship it's in this case just making a change is i mean that's completely reasonable i guess i mean it's not so when you mentioned censorship the first thing my mind snaps to is every fucking perv talking about every woman that's ever appeared in like a <laughs> japanese video game and when it's brought over here they like cover up the tits yeah and like maybe reduce the bounce in the tits yeah because it's
1: weird it is weird but i also think it's unnecessary to change that like unless unless the target audience is kids i mean yeah. in a lot of cases these games are for kids though Uh, well if okay if you want the rating of e for everyone take out the titty bounce take out the cleavage fine but if it's you know a rated m game and you're censoring it, it's like what's even the point of this fucking rating yeah
0: that's fair I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, I see DOA
0: and I'm like, dude, like, what the fuck are you thinking? It's got to get so them sales, weird. man. <laughs> I mean, like, does that really boost the sales? Is it know. like a porno game I don't, or something? I don't know.
1: And when you call someone a perv for jacking off to DOA Extreme Beach Volleyball, they return and call you, oh, you're just the SJW cuck. It's like, no, I just don't want to jerk off to video games. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: it's fucking weird man it's weird yeah
1: that that's but that's another matter it's another topic for this is localization and a change and
0: i i think it's fine either way like you either keep it or you don't yeah i mean you take liberties where you want to i don't if if he was like some dude who looked like he was like seriously in blackface like i'd be like oh yeah yeah but if this one didn't seem necessary, I have no, I like, I don't know. I think it's fine. They could have, I, I can take it or leave it, I guess. It's yeah.
1: Like, I I don't feel strongly about this in either case. Uh, it may have just been a, a preemptive thing because some people don't realize that there are some folk that are that dark. And I'll, I will also say that he doesn't have any features that points towards him being black. If anything, he just looks demonic, honestly, like more than human (laughs) because his features don't look black. They don't look especially human in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I don't really think it's a big deal in either case. Yeah. Next question comes from Juice Campbell. He says, Big news in the world of Nintendo. Between the recent Direct and the Reginator retiring, looks like they're continuing to shake things up. Any desire to buy a switch yet any of the newly announced titles strike your fancy i'll have to take a
0: look at the newly announced titles but we did talk about yeah a lot of that earlier
1: i i already wanted a switch there's still a lot of games that i want to play um smash is fun i probably will get the new pokemon i still want to play a lot of recent games but i don't do that a whole lot the most recent game i've purchased. And probably the only game I've purchased in the last like year, is Kingdom Hearts Three, and I've played it for about an hour and a half, and had other shit to do. <laughs> okay,
0: yeah, I don't know. I don't play a ton of video games either. I I don't know what happened. I just kind of lost interest altogether. When you
1: get out of the root, the when you get out of the groove of playing games, and you realize that you're being productive. It's really
0: hard to go back. Yeah. Dog I cannot like I can excuse playing like an hour, hour and a half of a game, but going back to the days where I was playing
1: fourteen hours of Civ in one sitting, I can't do that anymore. No, you just you just don't have time for that. I, and like when you when you think about it conceptually, like, do I want to spend my whole last day playing this one game? No. No, I don't. <laughs> no there are a lot of other things that I could spend time doing that are a lot more
0: fun. I have picked up guitar. Hey, I'm playing a lot of guitar now and I'm getting back into photography hey. and like both of those things are definitely worth more of my time and I feel like I get more done when i'm not playing video game uh, like you know what i mean like yeah. between playing guitar and like taking pictures and shit like i feel like i got a lot more done between the two than when i'm playing video games and like granted both are recreational so it doesn't really make that big of a difference but like or all three are recreational oh, yeah. i should say but when when i'm doing photography or playing guitar it's just kind of like well i i accomplish some shit
1: yeah, like I
0: just did some shit. So
1: yeah, I mean, a, improving in, in a field was almost definitely going to get you uh, f- more of a feeling of accomplishment than uh, you know. Oh, I lost a bunch of games of Fortnite today. And the last question this week comes from Samurai Jack the Face Ripper. He asks, "If you got a box in the mail with everything you've ever lost in it." What would be the first thing you look for? I don't know. My childlike innocence. Uh, the friendships. All the money I've spent. Bro, yeah. Like anytime you. I've lost money. No, there was a, um, a diamond ring that I lost that was pretty much a family heirloom. And uh, lost it because I brought it to school accidentally. And then it fell out of my pocket while I was at school. It was a series of bad luck. Oh, it, that's unfortunate. It was real unfortunate. God damn. <laughs> I don't know how much that ring was worth. But um yeah, that shit's gone. Yikes So that's probably that would probably be the actual first thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I probably
0: there's a lot of money. A lot of money. Um keys wallets bikes
1: i mean i had a few bikes stolen oh that sucks yeah i had a game boy advance stolen for me yeah Yeah. damn that sucks that's goddamn boys and girls club i think damn you i think more so
0: than knowing uh or getting that stuff back i'd rather know where it went yeah yeah i think that would be that would be more closure for me
1: because i mean you I guess at this point, you don't expect to ever get it back. So it's not really a big deal to actually receive it again. But just knowing where it went it would be nice. Yeah. Uh,
0: thanks, everybody, for listening to this week's edition of Real Nerd Hours. I've been Denzel. I've been Chet. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ThatDenzel. You can follow Chet on Twitter at BushidoBrownSD. You can follow the show on Twitter at XRealNerdHours. Why am I even doing the social media? We have a website, ha ha. realnerdhours.com. Go check it out. There's a social media tab. All the episodes are posted there. We're getting closer to our new show. Yes. Just letting we're you all know. We're closing in on it. Yeah, we're I've I've hit all the milestones that I wanted to for this show. I got to 112 and that's the only episode really that I wanted to get to <laughs> because that's where the players dwell. Ah. Uh, all right it's the s the l the i the l. people apparently didn't understand that that was like a 112 the r&b group reference yeah did you not understand did you look at the name of the episode no and I'm like, okay <laughs> i don't know i i asked a friend of mine and she was just like huh and then i asked the bartenders at the bar that i was at and they're like huh and i was just like how the fuck do you guys not know this song by heart but of course i'm the weird one yeah. i'm the weird one yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I am the weird one. But. Well,
1: yeah, but, but not for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've I've got to all the landmarks that I wanted to hit. So we're working on the new shit. Uh, it should be out. I want to say, like, at some point in May, because, what, it's next month, and then the month after,
1: and then it's May. Yeah, that sounds right. That's how yeah. calendars work.
0: All right, cool. Uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash hours and yeah we've got content on there uh yeah we've got we've got a bunch of shit on there check it out it's good and realnerdhours.com for all of your other needs for the other stuff that we do there's a lot of stuff on there all right thanks we'll see you next thursday
1: y'all have a good night